Don't want them to hear my stomach growling. <laughs> I don't want them to be thinking about lunch yet. <laughs> yeah. Good morning, Good morning, everyone. How are you all doing? Awesome. What is woo? What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> it means awesome. Is that what that means? Yeah. My goodness. Woo can mean a lot of things, right? Woo cow. Woo, you know, hey, it can mean a lot of things. So I'm glad you all are here this morning. Uh, keep praying for rain. We need some rain. Absolutely. Um, I was in Dallas all day yesterday, and they've got our rain down there. So we need to pray harder up here that we can get some of that good rain. Uh, we desperately need it. So glad you're here this morning. And if you're a guest here this morning or this is a, a first time for you, we want to welcome each of you here. And uh, just hope that, uh, that you'll come back again next time. I hope you... Uh, find that we're just a bunch of people who, who uh, love God, love one another, and um, we're just common folks. That's what we are. No matter who you are, that's what you are anyway. <laughs> you just may not think you are, but you're just common folk. But anyway, we are that here, and we're glad that you're here. Um, want to just um, one quick announcement that I do need to make. Next Sunday at 5 o'clock in the evening, we're going to be having um, just whoever wants to that would like to come. And get more plugged in here at uh, Texoma Cowboy Church. I know it's hard sometimes with so many people kind of coming and going constantly. And uh, to get plugged in, to meet people. I know sometimes that's difficult. But we have so many opportunities for you to get in and serve and meet people. If you'll be here next Sunday night at uh, 5 o'clock, we'll have pizza. And uh, I'll go through and share with you a whole bunch of opportunities that we have for you to get plugged in and get serving God in our church body here. So I know a lot of people say, John, I just don't know where to get plugged in. Well, we're going to show you how and where to get plugged in using your gifts, talents, and abilities and um, serving Christ in that capacity. So next Sunday, 5 o'clock, bring your kids. Um, that They're not going to bother a thing, okay, um, unless they're garnets, and then we have to, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But just bring your kids. We'll let them run around, uh, just eat pizza and have fun. So but anyway, please come and be a part of that. We can give you an opportunity to do that, especially as we have all these new things coming on, like this new covered arena and our, our new student ministry building, which is going to require a lot of uh, help. So if you have a, a skill um, like you breathe and uh, can walk, yeah, we need your help. Uh, so we're going to be reaching out to as many people who can to be a part of investing, of course, in our young people, in our community, and in our church. So I want to make sure that you're all aware of that. Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll, we'll open the word together this morning. Father God, we do come to you today, and I want to thank you for every person that's here. Uh, Lord, I know that there's so many other things that uh, we could be doing today, but God, we made a priority on being here today, and I want to thank you, Lord, for every person that was able to make it. And Lord, I pray that they'll be blessed from being here today. And Lord, those that will be watching today um, from wherever they're from, uh, Lord, we want to welcome them and pray that for them as well. And those listening by radio this morning, uh, we ask God that you would just bless them as well as they tune in. And as we all come together to, to learn about you, to worship you. And Father, we want to thank you for your spirit. We want to thank you for your salvation. And thank you, Lord, for this local church body that we're blessed to be a part of. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. All right, well, if you have your Bibles, I hope you brought them with you this morning. Um, if you would, take your Bibles, and we're going to turn them to Matthew chapter 25. And I know that we have been going through Romans, and we are going to continue to go through Romans, but for this week and possibly next week, we're going to be um, 
on a little different thought as we uh, take just a short break from Romans chapter 8. But we're going to be actually in Matthew chapter 25 this morning. So if you have your Bibles, please turn them to Matthew 25. And um, we're going to learn some things here. I hope that will be a blessing for each of you um, as we go to the Word of God today. Matthew chapter 25, 14 through 30 is where we're going to be this morning starting out. Um, we won't stay there for long, but we're going we're gonna to begin there. Matthew will be the first book in the New Testament, and uh, it's Matthew's gospel. <clears throat> I'm going to start reading in um, verse 14, and then we'll, we'll just begin to, to, to kind of flesh this out today. Jesus here is, is speaking about uh, the kingdom of heaven, and um, he's explaining to his listeners and to those that were gathered there um, about his kingdom and about uh, the kingdom to come. And uh, he's giving a parable here about what the kingdom of heaven will be like. And he's going to give us a story. It's a story, an agricultural-based story, which Christ used a lot of those. So those of us that are here involved in agriculture in any way, shape, or form, we, we understand and get these. Um, and Jesus oftentimes spoke with things relating to his own culture, and obviously it was an agrarian society, so that's why he used so many parables that, that were a part of their day. But Jesus here is going to begin now and explain some things that are very, very important for us here this morning. And I hope that you're going to be blessed by being here today for a number of reasons. Maybe you're here this morning and, and you would say, John, I'm, I believe in God, but I'm really not a follower of God. Uh, I do obviously believe that there's a creator. I mean, I look around and I can tell that there's some sort of a design to everything here. Uh, there's no way this all just happened by an acid reflux uh, belch. Uh, didn't just happen this way. That there's design here. And you're right, there is. It's that way for a reason. And maybe you're here this morning and you've been living this Christian life for a while. And um, you're, you're fairly new in serving Christ as one of his disciples. And maybe you've been here for serving Christ for years. Uh, but there's some very important things that I think he's going to share with us this morning that's going to bless you, not only here in this life, but in the life to come. Uh, you know, for the last few weeks, there's been several things going on. I'm just thinking just recently here of a few days ago where I went to Oklahoma and did a, a funeral uh, for a young 18-year-old boy that uh, went home to be with the Lord. 18 years is not long enough. That's too young. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, that's, that was the number of years that he was blessed to live here on this earth. And, uh, and so it, it doesn't matter uh, the age of an individual, obviously, um, but what we're going to be learning about today is going to have great ramifications for you. For example, if you knew that you had an inside scoop on the next five years of the cow market, on what it would be, on what your calves were going to bring right off the cow, what cows and pears and what they were bringing, uh, what, what the fats are going to be bringing out of the feed yard, and you had an inside scoop to all of that, you'd be doing what Bob's doing. You would be giggling. Because you know what you would do? You would make bank. That's what you would do. You would know when to buy, what to buy. You'd know when to sell, what to sell. And I don't know how many people have sat around in their feed trucks drinking a cup of coffee at a... At a, at a at a sale barn saying, if I only knew what the market was going to do this fall, <laughs> boy, I would do X, Y, and Z. And the truth is, we don't have that knowledge. Uh, I wish we did. Uh, sometimes I think there's people who do because it seems like they hit a lick every time they turn around. But I usually buy high and sell cheap. That's usually the way that I work. 
Uh, so it doesn't work that good for me. But nonetheless, if you knew the inside scoop on a stock or some trade that you could make that you knew that, man, it was going to go up and there was no question because you knew for a fact it was going to happen, you would do that because of the assurance of what was going to take place. And I know that's, that's something we all would do, and I would definitely be a part of that as well. And what Jesus is doing here is he's doing that for, for you and for me. He's actually giving you and I an inside scoop to what's going to happen. That's pretty awesome. Uh, this, is, this is not just a man speaking. This is God. This is the eternal Son of God, God in flesh. And these are his words. And I think it's very important. I mean, it's one thing if I hear a cattle trader tell me what he thinks is going to happen. Uh, they say the fat market's going to be out of this world. It's going to be really great this fall. I've been listening and talking to people. And so for some of us, that's exciting. Uh, but whether or not that's going to happen, we don't know, but they say it is. Now, I'm not going to take a cow trader's word real strong. I'm just being honest with you. And I wouldn't either if you were in that same position. But now, if God was speaking, don't you think it might be important that we listen up? Because whatever God said would happen is not maybe going to happen, but it's a guarantee it will happen. And so when we come to the Word of God, one of the things I love about God's Word is, is that it is absolute truth. So when God says something, I know it to be factually true. Um, it doesn't matter if it's about the creation story. It doesn't matter um, about everything that you read. It's all written for us, not necessarily to us, but for us. And if God said it, you can put it in the bank, it's going to happen. And so in, in the 25th chapter here in Matthew, we're, we're going to learn something that's very, very important for us to get today. And the reason I say this is for your benefit and for my benefit. Because I want you to make bank. That's what I want you to do. I want you to actually, I want you to be so blessed beyond uh, belief in the future that this has been written for you that you would be blessed in the future. And let's see what, what Jesus had to say here. Listen as we read through here. Now, he's given a parable. All right, we can get this. Let's read this parable right here. Jesus speaking again, because he's talking about at that time the kingdom of heaven will be like. See, the kingdom of heaven is being built now. It's what's happening. As you come to faith in Christ, you become a member of the kingdom of heaven. And God's building his kingdom through his church. That's how he's building his kingdom. You say, well, John, why are we all here? We are a bunch of just people from all over, different counties, different backgrounds, different ways of, 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 of thinking, so on and so forth. We're all here, and this is what this local body looks like, and we are fulfilling now the mandate of what Christ has told us to do, and that's to build his kingdom. And so everything we do here from our investment of our time, our resources, everything we do is about building the kingdom of God. That's what it's about. And so you're part of this kingdom-building ministry right here. This is, this is our local ministry, and there's lots of them here, but there's only one body of Christ, only one. We're just one of those one bodies. That's all we are. And our purpose for what we do is to build the kingdom of God because his kingdom is coming, and his kingdom is going to be set up here upon the earth. We know that to be true because he tells us that in his word. In other words, Jesus Christ he came the first time to give his life as an atoning sacrifice so he would redeem and purchase all men to himself. He's coming again, though, as the judge, and he's going to judge the world one day. 
And we as Christians, the Bible says in the fifth chapter of Revelation, we are going to rule and reign with Christ. And I said this this morning in Church in the Dirt. If your concept of heaven is that you're going to be eating Hostess Twinkies, floating around on a cloud looking like the Michelin Goodyear tire man, or Michelin tire man, not Goodyear, then your concept of heaven is completely jacked. That's all I can tell you. Or as good as this sounds, and this is your mentality of heaven, that you're simply going to be riding uh, a good horse in new country with grass belly deep high, your, 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 uh, your mindset of heaven is so wrong. Because you can probably do that in Montana, uh, just to be honest with you. And I know these things are things we hear and people say, and they are cliches and they sound good, but listen, you are, you are going to rule and reign with Christ upon the earth forever. You're not going to be a hostess Twinkie eater on a cloud with little wings. That's not what this is. You have been saved to be a kingdom and king and priest. That's what you're saved for. We're going to rule. I want you to think about that. You are going to rule with Christ. You will be seated on a throne with Christ. You're going to reign with Christ. This is an incredible thing. And so what he's going to give us is an inside scoop here into what's going to happen nonetheless in the future. But why we need to listen is because it's going to bless us and it's going to affect us for all eternity. And I'm telling you, this is an inside scoop here. And this is, this is the stock that you can buy or you can get invest in that's going to be a guaranteed big, bank, big maker. It's, it's going to make. There's no question about it. Now he says again, the kingdom of heaven at that time will be like a man. This is when Jesus comes back. Now listen, he's talking about when he comes back and he's coming. It'll be like a man going on a long journey. All right, listen. Who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. Now who do you think the man going on a journey is? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. Who do you think his servants are? You and me. He's given this, this, this illustration. To one of the servants, he gave five talents. All right? So in other words, he has this great big ranch, if you will, called the earth and his kingdom. And what he's doing is, is for one individual, he's giving them a portion of talent to do something while he's gone with, with, his, with his estate. And so for the first one, he gives him five talents. Five talents, don't get hung up on the number of talents. The point is, God gave him something, and he's to do something with that while he's gone on a long journey. And so he's entrusting his servants now with something while he's gone. And then it moves along and says this, to one and to, the, to another he gave two talents, and then to one he gave one talent. And he gave to them each according to their own ability. I mean, if you have a, 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 say you have a business and you have different people with different abilities, you have one that can manage a whole lot and one that really has a hard time keeping the pencil sharpened, you're probably not going to give the one that just has struggled with only accomplishing so much, you're not going to give that one as much responsibility as you do another one. Because that's not fair. You can't do that to somebody. 
And God is fair and just in what he does. So he's going to give talents to different people. Talents can be everything from resources, time. It's the gospel. It's all those things. And he's given to people according to their own ability. God's not unfair in this. This man right here that's going away is not asking more of his servants than what they're capable of doing. He's not asking more of them. He's simply saying, here it is. Now, what are you going to do with this while I'm gone? So he goes on a long journey. We know for a fact that Jesus Christ now has been gone for 2,000 years. People say, well, where is he? He's building his kingdom. And we are in the age of grace right now where Gentiles, by the grace of God, have been brought into the kingdom of God. And Israel has been set aside. And he's building his kingdom is what he's doing. And so if you're a Christian here today, you're in the kingdom of God. Praise God for that. Amen? And then he moves on and says this, to the one, oh, then he went on his journey. The man who had received, or woman, if you want to put that in there, received five talents, went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. Now, this is not about money. This is about the gospel. This is about your time. This is about your resources. This is about your life, your life, man. You and I only have so much life. It's all we have. I don't know when I'll take my last breath. I don't know when it is, but praise God, I've got it now. I thank God that I've got one more day because my purpose in living is far greater than just things upon this earth. And so he says, the one that had received the five talents, he went at once and he put his money to work and he gained five more. I mean, this young man or this young woman or old, whoever it is, this person got it. They, they believed that the owner was going to come back. How many of you know this, that uh, if you know your boss is going to be gone for a week, fudge a little bit at work? Sydney, right? Right. Do you, okay, let's put it this way. None of you would do that. How many of you know people who do do that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that person that works with you is thinking of you. Okay, I was just saying. No, the truth is, there's a little bit of reality to that. What if you knew that your owner was never coming back? How hard would you work? Not very, would you? Unless, well, that's not it. That's a whole other message. Hopefully, character would keep you doing what you're supposed to do. Hopefully that's what character would do. That you don't have to be looked over the shoulder constantly to make sure you get done what's supposed to be done. But the aspect of this is this young man or this young woman, whoever this servant is, they firmly believe that although the, the owner was going on a long journey, that he was coming back and they were going to have to give an account for what they had done with what he'd left them with. So they went right to work. Now the other one, the next one, had two talents. What did he do or she do? This individual did the very same thing. The one with two talents went right to work and gained two more. And then we come to the final one. But the man who had received the one talent. Now listen, this could have been the five-talent individual. It's got nothing to do with numbers of talents here. You, some people get so hung up on that. Listen, some of you have so much more talent and ability than, than, than many of us do. The truth is it's not about that. This is about what I am supposed to do with what the master has given me. It's not got anything to do with your race. It's got to do with mine. That I am accountable to God for certain things. And you are accountable to God for certain things. This individual, though, did something quite different. He, he went off and he dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money. Now, why would he do that? Maybe there's a couple of things 
we can think of. Number one, he didn't believe the master was coming back, right? <laughs> I mean, that would be my first reaction. I mean, if he thought that the master was going to come home because a master and a servant, by the way, a servant's like a slave, okay? <laughs> this isn't like the freedom to just leave the job whenever you feel like it. This is a master going away with slaves, coming back to give an account now. And this slave here, though, takes it and he buries it in the ground and does nothing with it. What's he doing during the day? <laughs> well, he's like that immature 30-year-old man living at home with his parents playing video games. He's doing nothing. He's doing nothing. I don't know what he's doing. The Bible doesn't tell us because it's a story, but he's doing nothing with what he'd been given. And let me say this too. Every man is going to be guilty before God because God has given enough truth of who he is, of his existence, that every man's accountable to God for a certain amount of light. Every man. God says his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen and understood by what has been created, so man is without excuse. So every person is going to be accountable before God, and no one's going to say, well, I didn't know you existed. Oh, yeah, you know God exists. We're not that ridiculous. We can reject the truth, but the truth is we know God exists. And then he moves on and says, now after a long time, Jesus is sharing this now. They're, they're all tuning in now. They're hearing this story. We all love stories. And Jesus says, now after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. Got an accounting day, he says. This is about the kingdom of heaven. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five talents. And this is what he said. Master, you entrusted me with five talents and see, I have gained five more. What's he saying? Master. Out of my love for you, out of my adoration for you, out of my respect for you, out of my understanding of your return and my accounting to you, you being my master and I am your servant, guess what I've done? I've done what any servant would do who believed those things. I went to work and put your money to work. I got five more. This is what the master says. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five and I've gained five more. The master replied, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, so I'm going to entrust you and put you in charge of many things. This is about the kingdom of heaven. You and I, you need to hear this because this is an inside trader point for you. You and I are going to be in charge of things. You're not, there's things to rule and there's going to be things to reign over. And everyone in Christ is going to be part of this. And he says, I'm going to set you over many things. Why? Because you were faithful with the few things that I'd given you. In other words, you were faithful with your life this span of time. You were faithful with the gospel. You were faithful with your resources. And, and I'm going to now what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to put you in charge of many things. That's what he says. Now the next guy comes along, or next lady, same thing. The same response. You've been faithful with a few. I'm going, to, I'm going to put you in charge of many. And that's exactly what took place. Come and share in your master's happiness. Then he says, then the man who had received the one talent came and said, Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, 
harvesting where you had not sown and gathering where you had not scattered. In other words, he says, Master, I know that you're nothing but a crook. You're as crooked as the day is long. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your talent in the ground. What kind of excuse is that? Did he know the master? No. This is nothing but an excuse is all this is. And he says, so here it is. This is what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I had not sown and gathered where I had not scattered seed. Well, then you should have at least put my money on deposit with the banker so that I would have had a return, a return on the interest investment that I gave you. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. And throw this worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now we understand as Christians that we have been given a, a huge gift and responsibility with the gospel. Next week, we're going to be talking about one more for Jesus. One more for Jesus. I was talking with somebody just this week about this covered arena being finished and our youth center being done. And I said, when we have the first salvation in that pen or the first college student make a profession of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, we are going to make one heck of a celebration. Why is that? Listen. Because the Bible says that in heaven there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels now over one person who comes to faith. And what I'm trying to help you understand as the shepherd of this church is that there's a day of accounting coming for Christians. Not whether or not I have heaven because I'm going to get heaven because of what Jesus did. Jesus provided everything for my salvation. And I'm going to be in heaven not by any merit of my own doing. I'm only going to be in heaven because of everything Christ did and provided and everything that he accomplished in order that I would gain heaven. That's why I will be there. But when it comes to my rewards, when it comes to what I'm going to have for eternity that I'm going to use in heaven, that I'm going to enjoy in heaven, that is dependent upon what I do with what God has given me with my time here. You want an inside trade? Jesus says, do not store up for yourself treasures upon the earth where moth and rust come in, destroy, and thieves break in and steal. Jesus said this. God said this, speaking of the kingdom. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Why is that? Because you're going to need them there. Just like my 95-year-old grandmother. My wife's there right now in Georgia, getting her moved into an assisted living home. See, had she not prepared for living 95, I know a lot of you said this, if I'd have known I was going to live this long, I'd have taken a whole lot better care of myself, right? Had she not prepared for her future, she would not be staying where she's staying now. And that's just a worldly thing when it comes to heaven. What are you storing up in heaven? 
Because the Bible makes it so clear. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess Jesus is Lord. Every man is going to take an accounting before God Almighty. You and I as Christians, listen, I'm not going to give an account on whether or not I get to go to heaven because I'm not good enough to get there. But praise God, Jesus Christ provided a way for me to be there. And we have learned that we are in Christ. But when I stand before the judgment of God, it's not the same judgment for the unbelieving and the lost. It's going to be the judgment before God where he takes the works that I've done and he runs them through the purifying uh, uh, fire of his holiness and everything that he's done. Is it going to be wood, hay, or stubble that's burnt up? Or is it going to be gold, silver, and precious stones? Because on that day, everything that John Riggs has done will be known for what it really was. Because God knows my heart. He knows my intent. He knows what he's given me. He knows the accountability I have. All of that, I will stand before God, not before you. And I must give an account just like these three did. So will you. So will you. So my question is this, as the guys begin to pass out communion... You lay pastors, if you'll start passing out communion. I see three things here, and I want to cover more today, but we're out of time. Three things that I think is important. Why Christians don't heed this teaching of Christ? Because I'm telling you right now, if I knew that the market was going to be X, Y, and Z come fall, I would borrow as much money as I could borrow, beg as much money as I could beg, and I would, I would make bank, boy. But I have an inside here for my eternity. The reason we don't do this, I think, are three things simply. Number one, we don't know this. Some of you said, John, I didn't know I was going to have rewards in heaven. Oh, my. Yes, you are. And they're not all going to be the same for everybody else. You're going to be rewarded based on what you've done with what Christ has given you. This gospel, oh, my word, you have the only thing that will change someone's life for eternity. You have the gospel of Jesus Christ. What are you doing with it? You've been given this time in life and history. What are you doing with it? We're all going to give an account for that. Number two, we simply don't care. I don't believe that's the heart of a believer. We don't care. Number three, we simply don't believe. And I think those would be the three things that I see why those things aren't done. But I hope this morning that you'll understand that to make your life count here on earth is going to be such an incredible blessing to you for all eternity. And there's nothing wasted when it comes to doing the things for the kingdom of God. Whether you pray, whether you give, whether you serve, whether you give a cup of coffee on a Sunday morning and serve me one more donut that I don't need. None of it goes unnoticed for the kingdom. None of it. So the body of Christ has been left here for one purpose, and that is to build his kingdom. That's why we're here. Maybe there's someone here this morning, they don't know Jesus Christ, and they've been trying to figure out what in the world is this life all about. <laughs> it's got to be more than what I'm seeing. The good news is it's worth, it has so much more meaning than just this stuff here. God has created you for relationship. He's created you to have restoration with the God that made you and created you from eternity past. And that's why Christ came, to give his life so you would be set free from your sin, covered by his blood, that you'd be adopted as a son or daughter of the living God, 
He paid your price and gave you everything free for everybody who will receive this and believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ. He'll give you salvation today. He'll give you a new life today. He'll give you a regenerated heart today. If you place your faith and trust in Christ and repent of your sin, turn from that, follow after Jesus. For the rest of us who are here this morning, I just want to say this as I do so many funerals and see so many different things. Listen, I pray that God blesses you with long life and health. But even at that, at the end of the day, what have you stored up for yourself for eternity forever? That's the inside trading scope for you today. Nothing we do for Christ will be wasted. Next Sunday, we're going to have, at 5 o'clock, as I mentioned, we're going to have a time where whoever wants to come get plugged in this church body. And you're not serving anywhere. You're not serving God anywhere. When I do this message about one more for Jesus, you're going to understand why this is so important. Because I don't want to get to heaven one day and not have reached one for Christ. I want somebody there because my life mattered. Because the gospel matters. Because my Lord matters. Because their soul matters. We have the gospel. That's what saves. Amen? Amen. It is a great privilege for us as a Christian body to take the Lord's Supper together. What we're doing today is we're going to recognize what has brought us all here together. There's only one body. Did you know that? And you're a member of the body of Christ. He is the head. And you and I are his hands, his feet. We are the, we're this, this part that accomplishes the will of God here upon the earth. And you're part of that. And the reason we're part of that is because God, out of his great love for us, sent his only son to come as the final sacrifice that would pay for all sin of all time, for all man. And he willingly came to give his life and to take your place. And to take your punishment, your sin, your shame, your guilt. To redeem you, to purchase you back from Satan. To give you eternal life. To make you right with God. So that no matter what happens in my life, because of the Holy Spirit indwelling me, I've got a seal that's going to guarantee my inheritance for all eternity. If you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, what we're doing is we are, rep we are simply coming together as a body of believers this morning. And this bread right here is a representation of the body that was broken, that was beaten, and that was abused for you. He took the punishment that was due me. He took my punishment. And this is the body that was broken for me. This cup represents the blood of the very Lamb of God that was slain for the sin of the entire world. And that when I eat this body, I remember that Christ gave it for me. And when I drink this, I remember the blood that was spilled for me. That I am covered by the blood. That I am in the body of Christ. That I will forever be because of Jesus in the family of God. And what we're doing is we're remembering this today because it keeps me focused that I don't lose my way and my track being here on this earth thinking that this is all this whole life is about. Because it's not. This is what it's all about. It's about Christ. That's, that's what this whole thing's about. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know anything about the meaning of life. And you will agree with me. You've tried everything to find some sort of purpose and meaning in life. <laughs> Outside of Christ, there is none. 
As Solomon said, everything under the sun is meaningless. Everything. Until you understand what's over the sun. The son of God himself. We about there? Not yet? Paul writing in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 17. The Corinthian church was having some issues when it came to taking the Lord's Supper. People were doing it in an unglorifying fashion. He writes to them, he says, In the following directives, I have no praise for you. For your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. Crazy thing about the church is it's made up of people. And people have divisions among them. If you have something against your brother here today or your sister, you need to forgive it. We can't be divided as a body. I can't have my arm hating my leg. I can't have my, I've got to be in unison. I've got to be in unity. And the body of Christ is not in unity and it needs to be. Paul says this, he moves on. No doubt there have to be different differences among you to show Which of you have God's approval? When you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper that you eat. For as you eat, each of you goes ahead without waiting. They weren't even thinking about what they were doing. had no meaning for them. One remains hungry. Another gets drunk. Church of Corinth was a wrecked out group of folks, wasn't it? Kind of like us. He says, there's those that come here, do nothing but just to eat the bread and get full. There's some that don't even get bread and they leave hungry. Some of you just came and they just drinking to get drunk. (laughs) You're missing the whole point, Paul says, of why we're taking this together. Wasn't so you'd get full of bread and drunk on wine. It's so you'd come to know the bread of life and the living water. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God and humiliate those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you for this? Certainly not. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. He said, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant The new covenant, the old covenants, no more. This is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you have proclaimed the Lord's death until he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, Paul says, will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. A man ought to examine himself before he eats the bread and drinks the cup. For anyone who drinks and eats without recognizing the body of the Lord eats and drinks judgment upon himself. Paul went on and said, that is why so many of you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. Before we do this today, would you take just a moment, spend a few moments just just between you and the Lord before we take this today. Father God, we want to thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for your son giving his own life, taking upon the sin of the world, Lord, in order that we could come to be the righteousness of Christ. 
Lord, today as we think about this, as we hold this piece of bread between our fingers, Lord, we, we remember your body that was broken, that was beaten, that was crushed, God, for me. God, as I hold this cup in my hand, I think about the blood of the very Lamb of God who was poured out so that his blood would cover all of my sin, all of my shame, all of my condemnation. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for this today. You would take the, the body and Let's eat. As you drink this, remember his blood. Amen. Amen. Would you all stand with me, please? It is a privilege to take communion with you today. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. And we will spend eternity together. What an amazing thing. You are loved by God. You have been saved to rule and reign one day. You are the redeemed, the body of Christ, the church. We're going to sing one song. What I'd like to do as we begin to close this morning is to remind you that in the lodge over here this morning was our, we have lay pastors and elders that are there, just like we did last week. And as we all sing together, are we going to have words this morning? Are there words? No words? As you hum with a joyful heart. <laughs> I love you guys. Oh, man. If God has spoken to your heart today about anything and you want to pray with somebody, and I don't want you to leave here the same way you came in. If you're here and you say, John, I'm the, I'm the biggest wretch that ever walked the place of the earth, I want to tell you, no, you're not. There's a God who died for your sin. There's a God who loves you, and if you want to give your life to God today, you feel him calling your name, you go right over here in these doors, and there's some people that are going to pray with you here, and you will not leave here the same way you came. If you've got any need at all, you go through there and pray. And as we dismiss this morning after we hum, don't go through those doors. Dismiss out there, okay? Let's do that. You all, would you? We'll hum while you sing. I've been fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I just the sum of every high and every low Remind me once again, 
just who I am because I need to know who and you say I am love when I can't feel a thing and you say Father God, we love you today, Lord. I want to thank you, sisters in Christ. Thank you for every person that's here. They are loved by you, God. I pray, Lord, if there's anyone that doesn't know you today, God, please draw them to the knowledge of who you are. They could come to know this amazing salvation. Help us, Lord, to go this week, to not bury our talent, to invest it in the kingdom. 
We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you all.